Well, good morning and welcome to Better Life Church. Guys, thank you so much for being here. We're in this series called Guardrails. And last week we kicked it off. If you missed last week, please get online and check it out. We talked about how guardrails are placed in the safety zone to keep us from going into the danger zone. We're all thankful for guardrails, especially when we drive, but the Bible has guardrails obviously for us in our own lives and our marriage and our finances and our parenting. Here's some guardrails to help us get where he wants us to be. And so today we're gonna continue in part two of this, talk about how do you set guardrails up for negative and toxic people in your life? Are you glad you came today? Some of you are saying, you may be sitting beside the negative or toxic person in your life. Hang tight. We're going to walk through that uh, together and look at that. So before we jump in, there's a few things, you know, that I, I want to share when it comes to the different types of toxic people in our life. When I say toxic or negative, I'm not mean they're bad people. They're kind of people that kind of drain you. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they suck the life out of you. Let me give you an example. If you're going down the grocery store aisle and you see the person and you turn and go the other way, they may be a little negative in your life, right? Or, or if you get a phone call from this person and their phone and their face comes up or their name comes up, you're like, uh, what do you, you don't want to answer it, but you don't want to like delete their contacts. And so you can't cancel it because I know you hung up on them, right? <laughs> All right? So it's like, don't buy touch it, just let it ring. Just let the phone ring. Like, what do you do with those type of people in your life. You know, there's a few categories. We'll have a little fun with this to jump into it. You know, there, there's this group of people, let's call them the complainers. Anybody know any complainers? They complain about everything. Come on, you know any complainers? Some of you elbowing people, right? I mean, they're always complaining. I mean, always constantly, constantly, constantly complaining. They're never satisfied whatsoever. These are the type of people, if you gave them a brand new boat, I mean, that you gave them a brand new boat, they look at you and say, well, now I got to pay taxes on it. Now I gotta buy a boat slip. Now I gotta find a place to store the thing. Like, you, they complain about everything. They have a problem to every solution. If there's a solution, there's always a problem. There's always something to complain about, whether it's the weather, whether it's life, whether it's the world. They're constantly, constantly, chronically complaining. And then you kind of have the venting complainer. You know, the one that always just wants to vent to you and they complain about stuff. They're not looking for you to fix them. They don't want a solution. They just want someone to validate them that they have the right to be complaining. Like, that's right, honey, you, you complain. You have the right to complain. And they're always, always, always complaining. You know, an optimist is someone who says, like for me, says the glass is always half full. You've heard a pessimist is always, it's half empty. But a complainer, they don't care about if it's full or empty. They look at the glass and go, why is it plastic? Why is the water warm? Is this tap water? We can't drink tap water. You know, bougie, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't drink any tap water. But they're constantly, constantly complaining about the situation. And so maybe you know a complainer in your life. Maybe you are that complainer in your life. And then there's the person who's always controlling. This is the one that controls everything. They want to control you. They want to control your schedule, right? You go where they go when you want to go. They want to control where you eat. They want to control where you shop. Like they're constantly controlling your life. And we all know people have had friends like this before. They're overbearing, potentially. They may be manipulating you and they may do that with your emotions, they come at you and they want to manipulate you to do what they want to do and to control you into their life or into the schedule. And you may not even know they're trying to manipulate you. They may not purposely be doing it, but they do it just because of how they act around you. Or they're always demanding. They demand from you. So some of you may have this person in your life who's always controlling or the control freak and a complainer. But then there's the tempters. 
These are the people who just tempt you. Maybe to do something mischievous. Maybe, you know, to do something that you know you don't want to do. Maybe, maybe for you, it's your boyfriend or girlfriend and your boyfriend's just trying to push you a little too far sexually and they're trying to tempt you. Or maybe it's the person you go shopping with all the time and, and you know you're on a budget, but they're always want to buy stuff and you're like, and you just tempt you that you have to buy something too, right? That you have to get something. They're constantly tempting you to do something that you really don't want to do, but a lot of times we give in and we do them. And so how do you handle this, right? Because I know right now someone is coming to your mind. Like someone right now has popped in your mind, like, you know, this person always complains, they're always venting and complaining, or this person's always, you know what you said that? They're always controlling. They're trying to control me, my schedule, my life. Or, or, or maybe this is person, you know, this person is always tempting me. Like every time if I go somewhere, they're always tempting me to do something that's kind of out of my comfort. I, I just really don't want to do. And before we think, talk about some guardrails that we should put up, like how, how do you deal with these types of people in your life? And we all have had them. And sometimes we are them. It's not like we're perfect. Sometimes I complain, you complain. Sometimes we, we give in and sometimes we're demanding. I, I get that. But I'm talking constantly, the constant negativity of people around you. How do you deal with this? Before we jump in and talk about some guardrails, here's the first thing I want to encourage you to do. And this is one thing, like I said, about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, that the Lord really began to do in my own life, is that when I begin to see this in other people, the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to look in the mirror. Like, I want you to look first at your own self. See, it's easy to sit here and say, yes, they're always controlling, they're a tempter, they're a complainer, they're always venting, they're always doing this, and they're always negative, and they're always pessimistic. We can do that. But before we do, I want to encourage you first to look in the mirror and examine your own heart. In fact, Jesus says it like this. If you look in Matthew 7, 3, he says, why worry about the sawdust, the speck in your friend's eye? This little tiny speck that's got in their eye. Why do you worry about that when you have a tree branch? When you got this log, when you got this stick sticking out of your own eye. Before you can help them take the speck out of their eye, you first have to examine yourself and remove it out of your eye. So maybe, maybe that the reason why you see these things in other people, complaining, negative, overbearing, demanding, tempting, all these, maybe the reason why you see these things in other people is because it's in you. And the reason why you notice it is because it's in you. The reason why you say, how come that girl's always sassy at work and she's always jealous of everybody else? And because maybe there's jealousy in you. And the reason why you see it is because it's in you. That's why I want to encourage you first is to examine your heart, look in the mirror, and see the reason why you may see some of these negativities around other people is first, God, is it in me? Because if I can eradicate that, if I can get that out of me, then maybe I can help them overcome their controlling or, 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 or negativity or whatever it may be in their own life. And so first thing I want to encourage you is stop back and look and see, is it first in me? And it might be the reason why I can see it in them. And if not, if God has done a work in your life, he's healed you and your heart is pure and your motives are pure and you begin to discern now and see this in other people, maybe, just maybe, God, if you're close enough to him, maybe God wants to use you to coach them and to help them overcome what you overcome, how you used to complain, how you used to gossip all the time, how you used to be negative, how you had a bad negative worldview or whatever it may be, or how you used to uh, complain at work or, or tempt 
or be demanding and, and overpowering people's schedule. And really a lot of that is probably rooted into people pleasing. And that's the reason why we don't set guardrails or boundaries around certain friends and people. It's because that we're afraid of what they may think of us, which that's another whole sermon, which could be the underlying root of the reason why we are not going to do what I'm going to talk about today. And that's to set guardrails up around the people or toxic relationships or toxic friendships in our life. So the first thing that I want to encourage you to do, and this is what's so difficult about this type of message today, is that we're all different. We all have different personalities. We all have different makeups. We have all different backgrounds. We all have different worldviews. We have different upbringing and experiences and success and bad things and good things. We all have a backpack that we carry in our past that we carry with us forward that may control how we handle certain situations in our life. So I can't sit down unless it's individually and come up with a, a specific guardrail plan for every single one of us. But let me share some things with you that you may, and I'm gonna pray the Holy Spirit will do when it comes to setting these guardrails up in your life. The first one may sound kind of like a, it, it, it sounds like the same thing, and it really is, but this is the way I want you to write it down. The first guardrail I've gotta set in my life when it comes to maybe negative or toxic relationships or people is that you have to set healthy boundaries. Now, that kind of sounds like an oxymoron, right? Healthy boundaries, because, because you need to set or, or the same thing as guardrails. It's the same thing. But you got to come up with a healthy, look at that, healthy boundary. You have to come up with a healthy boundary in your life. You know, Jesus loved everyone equally, but he did not treat everyone the same. He loved them the same, but he did not treat every single one the same. In fact, Jesus had boundaries. And Jesus would verbalize those boundaries, and he also would show you physically with those boundaries. He would verbalize and say, we are not going there. We're not going to do it. He would say things to set the tone, to make sure that I'm not going to get into what you're getting. He also physically, he would distance himself around from places. It may not be like negative or toxic people, but he would distance himself in the crowd. He would move around and, and maybe hide or, or, or get over here. Or when they said, hey, people over here need you, Jesus. Let's go there so you can heal them. Jesus said, no. He drew a line. He said, no, we're not going. We have to go here. This is where my father wants me to go. And they didn't understand some of the boundaries that even Jesus would put in place. He would spend time alone with God, set a boundary. My mornings, he got up and spent time with the father Every day, he would talk with him. He would say, we're not going there. There was this one time, if you remember, right before Jesus was going to the cross to die, Peter looked at him and said, I'm not going to let you do it. I am not going to let you go. I am not going to let you go. You are going to live so you can overthrow Rome, and I'm going to be sitting at your right hand, and I'm going to pull out my sword, and I'm gonna, I'll die for you. I'll fight for you. You are not going to go to the cross. And Jesus looks at him and says, Satan, get behind me. You're talking about setting a boundary. You're talking about setting a, a guy. He, he verbally said, Satan, get behind me. You've got your mind on the human things, not on what my father and, and heavenly things in place. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that? Like Jesus look at you and call you Satan and tell you to get behind him? But like he was able to set this in place. So if you have a toxic mother-in-law, please don't use that statement, Satan, get behind me. Please, for the love, don't use that. If you have any... Self-awareness, please do not do that, okay? I'm gonna say, it will go along with you, right? And, and a long ways with you. So how do you do this? How do you have these boundaries and how do you set them in place? Well, let's go through a few groups of, of people maybe in your life. First, your friends. Do you know you get to choose your friends? They're your choice. Your inner circle, your friends are your own choice. You get to choose who you hang with. You get to choose who speaks into your life. 
Choosing your friends is your choice. And for most of us, these are probably some of our closest friends. She's always complaining, or he's always complaining about work, or they're always demanding, they're always, always wanting us to do it, they're always trying to change our schedule, and they're always wanting us, and they make us feel bad if we didn't show up for the birthday party. And we can go on and on and on and how we manipulate or control or, or complain. And these are the people that really we love. They're in our circle of influence, but it just drains us. Like it even fills us full of negativity that which spills over to other people. Like for instance, if you have a friend that's always negative, and you may know if someone pops in your mind, they're always negative. What is the boundary you can put in place with that friend? Now I can't tell you exactly that because I don't know your situations, but maybe you can. Right now with the Holy Spirit speaking, maybe you go, man, I need to set a boundary because you're right, they always bring me down. They're always toxic. And I take that home with me to my family or, or to my spouse or to my situation or to my workplace. And this negativity, this stuff. How do you have a conversation? Can you have a conversation with your friend and say, listen, here's what, every time we're together, you're always negative. You are always negative. Or every time we're together, you're always gossiping. You're always talking bad about people behind their back and you're always, you don't even know if that's true or not, but you always wanna talk about it and you're always complaining. You're always, like, it, like you just never know, you know, a positive outlook in your life. You never see like the big picture. How, like, look, we need to talk about this because it's affecting me and my relationship because I care so much about you. Could you have that conversation with your friend and call out their negativity? For most of us, we can't. One, again, people pleasing. That's another whole sermon to get to. But two is like, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to do it. But you let it hurt you. And you will let it affect you. And then next thing you know, you will pick up on the negativity as well. So we need to come up with some healthy boundaries when it comes to our friends and say, listen, man, we either have the conversation or begin to possibly distance yourself and, and, and distance yourself from certain things, especially at certain times in their life when they go through things. Maybe it's for you, you got that friend that, you know, like they always invite you to the party. You know what's gonna happen. When we get to the party, you're gonna drink too much. When you get drink too much, here's what's gonna happen. And you're gonna ask me, you're gonna tempt me, or this is what's gonna take place. How do you have that conversation? That I'm not going there with you. Like, I'm not gonna go there with you. I love you, but I'm not going there with you. I'm not gonna go there happen. I mean, we're friends, but here's what happens every time. And all of a sudden, I get the backside of it. And so I'm gonna set a boundary up. It may hurt your feelings. You may not want to hang out with me no more. You may not want to be friends no more, but I can't let it affect me. And I'm going to tell you how this affects you just in a moment. But most of us, honestly, we don't set these boundaries. We ignore it. We think it goes in one ear out the other. We don't think it affects us or controls us, but it does. Because negativity will always have some type of impact on you. Maybe for you in a dating relationship. And your boyfriend and your girlfriend, you put your hands all over each other. He's like, hey, well, you're getting too far. I got to have some boundaries. I got to have some space. We got to make sure. Listen, if you're in the backseat of the car and all of a sudden you try to figure out what your purity boundaries are, it's a little too late. You don't set the guardrail or the boundaries already in the danger zone. They're to keep you from even getting to the danger zone. That's what a guardrail does. It's to direct you and to protect you, to help you get to where God wants you to be. It's not legalism. It's not a law. It's to help you become everything that God wants you to become. The Bible's full of guardrails on how to handle our finances. There's guardrails. Marriages, there's guardrails. Parenting, there's guardrails. It even talks about being a good boss and an employee. There are guardrails in the Bible, not to hurt you or to harm you, but to help you become everything that God wants you to be. So guardrails are great. We love them when it helps and protects us from being everything that God wants us to be. Maybe for you, it's your workplace. And you know, in the workplace, it's a peer and they're toxic and they're always negative and you can't fire them because you're not the boss. How do you deal with that? 
That's a tough place to be in a toxic environment like that. I know I've been there. So what are some things and some boundaries? Maybe what you could do is begin to distance yourself. Don't go to lunch when they go to lunch. Because when you go to lunch, you're going to hear it and you're going to sit at the same table. It's going to be like, maybe switch places. You know, if you're in the same cubicle, it's going to be a little tough. I get that. But there's some things that you can do at work, even set some healthy boundaries up. Because you can't quit your job, right? I mean, i got to put food on the table for my family. It's not like I can just find another job. I need to make sure I do it. But in a toxic environment, how do I handle it? What boundaries, as best as I can, can I put in that situation? You can come up with these and begin to do it. Don't just give in to it. You can come up with some type of boundaries, even in the workplace, whatever it may be. Social media. This is another friend. We, we said we have a thing. We have thing. We have all these friends. Like, are they really your friends? Like, do you really? Like, if you have all these people, but social media, and this is what cracks me up. People say, I'm going to take a break from social media for a while because this is so negative in the world and so much negativity, and I'm just going to take a break from it for a while. But the problem is, and that's fine. I completely agree with that. There's times when you do that. But the problem is the reason why you're taking a break is because you are allowing the negative stuff in your feed. Do you know you get to choose what you read in your feed? You get to choose who speaks into your life. You get to choose what you read all the time. It's, and if you don't like it, there's these two little buttons that are beautiful. It's called unfollow. Unfollow. And you don't have to see it. You're like, well, I can't unfriend them. Why can't you unfriend them? Because if I unfriend them, they don't think I'm a friend. They're going to think bad about me. Oh, people pleasing. That's another whole sermon. You get to choose everything you read in your feed. So if you don't like it, change it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this next week, but what comes in is going to come out. And so this negativity that's in you, it's going to come out and it will come out in your marriage. It'll come out in your parenting. It'll come out as a boss. It will flow from you and you get to choose what's going to come in. And so I get it, but what are some guardrails? What are some boundaries that you can put in place when it comes even to social media stuff? Like I'm not, if this is toxic, I'm I'm not going to listen to this. No, no, I'm going to do it. You get to control. Speak into my life, positivity, great things, not negative things. But how hard is that when we live in a negative fallen world, a sinful world, and it's everywhere around us? That's why this is not our home. That's why I was like, I was reading yesterday in my Bible, in my quiet time, God has placed eternities in our hearts. And Ecclesiastes, it's in our hearts is eternity. That's why we long for something more. There's got to be something better than this. And it is. There's a place called heaven. And the way there is through Jesus and only Jesus. And so he's placed this in our heart. And so if this negativity keeps around you here, listen to me, it is contagious. Negativity is contagious. And it will flow out through everything around you and you will be influenced by it. That's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, this is what he says, do not be misled. Why? Because bad company corrupts good character. Does that sound like your mom? I do know how mamas just always know. Moms just always know. Does that not sound, your mom and I have quoted that verse, but that's why she said, honey, I'm not gonna let you go there because, because she knows the group of people who's gonna be there can affect you and damage your character or the destiny that God has for you. Isn't it amazing how mom, like my mom, she just always knew, like she was like a psychic. I don't know how she just always know everything. Like she said, honey, if you go, here's what's gonna happen. So-and-so is gonna show up. This is gonna take place. And then you're gonna call me and you're gonna ask me to come pick you up. Mom, come on. And you know what happened? This was back in the 1900s. There's a landline. It's a phone. Even had a rotary dial. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you will get a witness. You, I'm preaching now. You know what I'm saying? And you push the button. Mom, you're right. Come get me. Right? Because moms know. 
Moms just know. Why? She knows that bad company can corrupt your character. And that's extremely, extremely important. So what do you do? You set a boundary. You set some guidelines to the complainer, to the friend, the toxic, the coworker, whatever, social media, you, you got it. But it doesn't stop. They keep pushing it. What do you do? And this was the tough one. This was a tough one for most people. Is that, man, I, I've told them, I've had a conversation, I've tried my best, I've distanced myself some. We, you know, I'm still friends, but I've kind of at a distance now because I don't always want to be influenced by the negativity. And the second thing that you may have to do is this, you may have to cut off the relationship. You may just have to cut off the negative or the toxic relationship. Now, let me make a preface here. I am not talking about divorce. If you have a toxic spouse and a negative spouse, I am not talking about going home and say, Pastor Daniel said, cut this negative relationship off. You're out. Let's go. Give me the papers. I am not talking about whatsoever. If you have a toxic spouse or both of you are negative towards each other, listen to me. You need professional help. You need professional counseling. And the number one reason and the number one excuse, I hear married couples all the time who will not go to counseling. In fact, statistics say that they will not even seek counseling until six years after the problem has started. They're waiting six years before they even go see professional counseling. Like how hard is their heart now over six years of being negative and toxic to each other? But the number one thing married couples tell me all the time when they say, go get professional counseling, here's what they say can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford to do it. Listen to me. I promise you, divorce court will cost you way more. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to go, I'm going to go get professional help. If you have a toxic marriage and negative relationship, listen to me. There's always hope. There's always, listen, the glass is always half full. If you're going to be around me long enough, I don't listen to that pessimistic stuff. It's going to be, listen, there is hope. If Jesus can, if God can resurrect his son, Jesus, from the dead, he can resurrect your marriage from the dead. And you could have what you've always wanted. So you need to get help. I am not talking about cut the, the marriage off. That's not what I'm talking about. You need to get help. But there are some boundaries and guidelines and guardrails you can set in your marriage. For instance, you have access to all my passcodes. You have access to my phone. You have access to my search history. You can go look at anything. Everybody at text, anybody at text, you can look at anything I search at. You have access to it. Set some boundaries. Set some girls. You have that. Listen, if an old boyfriend or girlfriend reaches out to you on Facebook, heck no, I ain't going there. Nope, unfollow. Nope, I just, God bless you and hope you're doing great. You know what I'm saying? And we laugh at that and we think it's no big deal, but I've seen a marriage of 40 years end because of that reason right there. A high school sweetheart, reach it out on social media, make a connection. They thought, they dated for one week in school and thought maybe that person was the one and threw away a 40-year marriage. And we laugh about it. We say, oh, who needs guardrails? Come on, it's, what's un it's no big deal. We're just friends on Facebook. Ruined their marriage. See, everyone who has crossed that line and crashed on the other side of the guardrails would look at you and say, I wish I had some boundaries in my life. I wish I had some guardrails around my marriage because if I did, then this wouldn't have happened. We all need guardrails in our life. And sometimes when we understand the why and what's more important to us, we have to cut out the toxic stuff so that we can be exactly who God wants to be and go where God wants to go and be on the path that he wants us to be on. You know, Garbos, we were not 
argue when we're mad. If we're mad at each other, we're not arguing. We'll talk about it like adults, not like kids, and yell at each other. Because no one wins when they yell. Yelling devalues the person. It lowers your self-esteem. It pushes the person. It drives the wedge deeper and deeper. And deeper. Yelling fixes nothing. You think if you get louder, they'll hear you. In fact, the louder you get, the more they don't listen to you. Grow up, adults. Quit being kids. And we talk about these things. Why? Because our marriage is worth fighting for. So I'm going to set a boundary. We ain't going to do it. I'm not going to go there. You're going to start, yeah, I ain't going to go there with you. When you calm down, we can talk. I'm being mean. Let's talk about it. That's our guard. It's our boundaries we're going to have in place. Because when we're upset mad, we say things that come out that's in us. And I'm going to talk about that tomorrow, next week. That's in us. So how do we guard that as well? So we're going to set some healthy boundaries up. So what I mean by that? Well, maybe for you, if you're dating somebody, and everybody says he's mean and he's a jerk to you, but you can't see it because you're blinded by love and you got time invested and he was the first person that you allowed to experience with his stuff. He's like, I just can't cut him off. But you know what's toxic? Cut it off. But it hurts. I know it does. But I'm not gonna let them hold me back from being everything that God wants me to be because I know it's not good for me. Well, I know he's kind of a jerk right now, but when we get married, it fixes it. No, it will magnify his jerkness. It don't fix that. If he's mean now, he's going to be mean. If he's controlling now, he's going to be controlling then. If she's jealous now, bro, she's going to be jealous then. It doesn't, a 30-minute ceremony and a ring on your finger doesn't fix that. So we've got to set some boundaries. We've got to cut off these toxic relationships. And it hurts now, but it can save me down the road. Maybe for you, you got this toxic business partner. You know you shouldn't have gotten to this, but you're into it. And you can't get out because if you get out, you've got to pay too much taxes. Sell it and pay the taxes. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it to be in a toxic relationship. We have to do, or if this person always is tearing you down, and obviously we know that the scripture says if they're an unbeliever, a Christian doesn't marry someone who's not a Christian. That's why you gotta be cautious. Like if you're dating and you're dating someone who's not a Christian, you know, dating was an evangelistic tool to try to win them to the Lord. You have to go in this with boundaries wide open, understanding these things. See what I'm saying to me? I, and I can't set that for you because I don't know you. I don't know your experiences. I don't know what situation. But if you can sit down with the Holy Spirit and pray and say, God, what boundaries do you want me to put in place when it comes to anything in your life? My finances, my marriage, my workplace, my dating relationship, my friendship, my social media. You can sit here and come up and say, here's some guidelines that's going to help me in the safety zone keep me from crashing into the danger zone. You can do that. But here's the question. Will you do that? You know in your heart you need them. But would you sit down and actually make them come to pass? Because when the people around you begin to limit God's work in you, then you need to bounce. And you just need to, you need to move on and go on because they will hold you back. Let's go back, 1 Corinthians. Bad company corrupts good character. What is at stake when I don't sit healthy boundaries and guardrails in my relationships. What's at stake? Your character being destroyed. Your character is at stake. Your reputation is who people think you are. And isn't it funny that people think they know you, they don't even know you, and they can tell you who they think you are? They'll say things about you that's not even true. They don't even know you. They don't even know you. See, your reputation is what people think you are and who they think you are, and you can't control that. Maybe sometimes some of the things, the acts or things you say, then people can be... But when people like just make stuff up, like they can't control. But your character is who you really are. Your character is who you are when no one's looking, but what you're willing to stand for when everyone is looking. That's your character. That's who you are. 
And here's what the Bible says. When you get around negative and toxic people, when you get into the wrong crowd, it will erode at your character. You, who you are, who God wants you and created you to be. So listen, I have to guard my character. And if I have to say no to you, or a boundary here, or you're only in my feed, unfollow, unfriend, I'm so sorry, my distance. If I have to do it to guard my character, then so be it. Because I can't allow it to erode the character and what God wants to do in my life or in and through your life. If that statistic is true, and I've read this before over and over and over, but if this statistic is true, that you are the average of your top five friends, my question to you is, who are your top five friends? Like, who are they? Because if you're the average of them, what they're doing, you're doing. If your group of top five friends always gossip behind people, behind people's back, which is a sin, by the way, if they're always gossiping and you're with that and you get into that, then you're gossiping. If your top five friends got wasted this week, you probably did too. If your top five friends are constant complainers and always complaining and venting, you probably do too. If you're the average of them. So who is your inner circle? Who are your top friends? Who are you allowing to speak into your life that influences everything that you do, a lot that you do? And here's the crazy thing. You get to choose your friends. That is your choice. I get to choose who this inner circle is in my life. I love what Proverbs 13 says. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life get in trouble or watch your life fall to pieces. Maybe the reason why some of our lives are falling to pieces is because of the people that are around us. And we know and you know and I know we cannot hang out with negative people and expect to live a positive life. It just won't happen. So what do you do? A couple questions. Think about the person that came to your mind or your inner circle. Is this person building me up or is it tearing me down? Do they build me up and encourage me or this person is always tearing me down? Is this person hindering me from following Jesus? Or is this friend and person helping me come closer in following Jesus? Has that friend always dragged me away from the things I know I need to do and, and walk with Jesus? Or is this person always encouraging me and helping me flourish in my walk and fellowship with Jesus? How many friends do you have like that? That every time they're around you, they're always encouraging you. They're always lifting you up. They're always helping you take your step following Jesus. See, that's the friends we need. And that's the friends you long for. That's the friends I long for. That's the people and the family of God that we need to be. And that's why I'm so thankful and grateful for our church who provides on Wednesday nights with our youth after the message that they can hang out and get in groups with friends and begin to do life together. I'm so thankful for our kids ministry that after they have a big teaching in their group, they get to sit down with their group of students and talk about life and questions. I'm so thankful that we have life groups here at Better Life Church where we can get plugged in with the family of God and we can begin to hold each other accountable and talk about our vulnerabilities and talk about things in our life to help us what, become better people knowing that we don't have to be judged by one another because we know if we have been forgiven, how can we judge other people when God has forgiven us of so much of our stuff? 
That's why some of you who serve together in our serving teams here, you didn't know each other before you came here, but you begin to serve with each other. And now you become best friend. You become life support for each other. Well, you know you can share your heart and share they don't judge you and they love you. And you get to serve with them as well. You see, one of the biggest enemy, one of the biggest things that the enemy wants to do is that he wants to keep the family of God from fellowshipping with each other. He don't want you to fellowship with each other. And I understand what we say this morning. I said the same thing. Come on, honey, we gotta go get the kids ready. We gotta go to church. But listen, we don't go to church. This is just a building. We actually brought the church to this building today. We're the church, the people of God. And let me tell you who you need in your life. You need the family of God. You need the people of God in your life who love Jesus, who love the church, who love you, and they're willing to help you succeed in your walk with Him. And so you can talk to some of our people who've been in groups right here for many, many years, who found families that they do life together. They go on vacations together. They love together. They cry together. They laugh together. They go to ball games together. They do, they do life together. They found some people who say, you know what? You're going to be my top five. You're going to be my inner circle. You're the ones I'm going to come to when I'm having marital problems, when I'm having financial problems, when I'm having parenting problems, when I'm having issues. You're the ones I'm going to come to. Why? Because I allowed you to speak positivity into my life. Don't you want that? We all do. And so I'm going to encourage you over as we go into the fall you know, this is a time we usually launch our groups as well. And I want, I want to encourage you, find a, find a life group to get plugged in. Maybe host one. Maybe say, you know what, I don't know who, so start one. Let's start one together. If you go to the next step areas in both of our locations, we'd love to help you figure that out so that you can find those people in your life who can become those friends to speak blessings and positivity into your life. Because if you listen to the devil and you begin to isolate yourself, and that's what he wants you to do, I'm gonna be honest, he doesn't want you fellowshipping in church together. He wants you to isolate because if you will isolate yourself, he will assassinate you. And I'm so thankful you're here. And also just very quickly, every one of you are watching online all over the world. I'm so glad that this is a supplement, that God is using this to speak into your life. But I wanna encourage you, find a group of people. You need the family of God. You don't need to isolate yourself. You need to get connected. Maybe that's in a group. Maybe that's a local body of believers of church in your city. Guys, we have people all over the world and states that watch us every single week. And I wanna encourage you, find a church that you can get plugged in, that you can do life with. Why? Because God wants us to fellowship with each other. But listen, you know this, we need each other. We need each other. And we need each other to head in the same direction that has the guardrails that will direct us and protect us to be where God wants us to be. And that's what I want for you. And I'm gonna pray that God will bring those type of people and those friends into your life that will help you become a better follower of Jesus. I'm gonna ask you just to bow your head just for a moment. couple of invitations. One, if the Holy Spirit kind of pinpointed your heart today and you realize that maybe you're the complainer or the controlling or the tempter or you're the toxic person to your friends, 
Maybe that was the Holy Spirit revealed that to you. And listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. We still blow it. And a lot of times we still complain. A lot of times we want what we want. I get that. But I'm talking a constant lifestyle. And then right before the Lord, why don't you just cry out to him and say, Lord, today you revealed to me that this is some of the negative things in my life and I've influenced negativity to other people and I don't wanna be that person and God, I want you to do a work in me and confess that to the Lord. Second invitation, the person that God brought to your mind that's always one of these type of negative type people, would you just pray for them right now? Just pray, say, God, would you open the eyes of their heart? Maybe for you, it's a spouse who's not with you today. Maybe for you, it's a a family member, a friend. I, I don't know. Would you just pray for them that God, would you do a work in their life and open the eyes of their heart? Third prayer. God, would you send friends into my life that love you, that love the church, and they will love me. Will you send them into my life? Because I need that type of fellowship. I need those people in my life so that we can become overcomers. And no matter what situation comes, you can use them to speak into my life. And then the fourth invitation, if you're here watching online and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, man, today's the best day ever. Right where you sit, whether you're online, across the world, wherever, at one of our campuses, you can give your life to Jesus right now. Just cry out to him and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today I repent of my sin and I put my faith and trust in you. And if that's you, we want to know. We want to know. We want to help you take your next steps. And I know what your next step is, and that is baptism. And man, we have a baptism party going on next week at both of our campuses. Host will come out in just in a moment and share with you how you can sign up for that. But if you've put your faith in Jesus and you've never been baptized, come on, put the jersey on. Let's go. Let's show the world that you're a follower of Jesus and sign up and get baptized. It's going to be awesome. Father, we thank you so much that we have a friend in Jesus that we can lean on when no one understands as he does, when no one is there for us, he is. When the world seems to be crashing around us, he's always there, closer than a brother. And we thank you for his friendship. Jesus, we thank you that you call us not just disciples, but you call us friends. And Lord, and, and as you begin to send people around us into our lives, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind us that you are a friend and that you love us and you're gonna encourage us to continue on to be on the straight and narrow path that we will become everything that God wants us to become. For it's in your name we ask and pray, amen.